You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you're looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you are in the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and it is very, very cool to have you tuning in. Last month was all about ads. So we talked quite a lot of social media, but it was mainly about ads. This month, we're going into the organic side of social media. So we're going to be exploring how you can get organic social media, where you're not paying for advertising, to work for your business and to drive you sales. We're going to talk influencers. We're going to talk getting your customers to talk about you. We're going to talk about what to post, how to post, various bits and pieces. But in today's episode, we're starting off um, with Matt Edmondson, who's going to be discussing with me what actually is the point of social media when it comes to an e-commerce business. We cover a lot of different topics. We we hopefully will give you some idea of whether or not social is something you should be investing a lot of time and effort in and the best ways to go about doing it, where you should post, how you should post. It's kind of a, an, an entry to the world of successful social media for e-commerce. We're just about to meet today's guest, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with e-commerce expert Matt Edmondson. Matt's been in e-commerce since 2002, running his own e-commerce business, Jersey Company, which since 2006 has global sales in excess of $75 million. And in recent years, he's branched out to help others and now hosts the e-commerce podcast and coaches many e-commerce businesses via his masterclasses and masterminds. Hello, Matt. Hey, Chloe. How are you? It's great to be here again. No, it's good, man. Thanks for having me on the show again. It's great to have you on the show. Um, I'm just going to tell the listeners right now, you're in for a treat because we've nearly failed to record um, this podcast because we've been chatting so much about the world of e-commerce that we've nearly run out of time to record it. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> so we just, just rejuggled the diaries, added some extra time in. So you'll still get a proper episode. But yes, we've got, we, ha- we always have plenty to talk about when we catch up. We do. Whenever we get together, we, we chat for hours about this sort of stuff. Love it, though. It's always good to talk to you. It's always good to talk to you, Matt, as well, because you have such such good good thoughts and good ideas. And actually, today's episode came out of one of our previous rambling discussions. Before we get into all of that, how did you first start playing around with social media? Oh, geez. Uh, so when it first came out, I, you start playing around with it from a personal level, don't you? Like Facebook. Oh, there's a friend I've not seen. What was the one before mm. Facebook? Um, Friends Reunited. Oh, and yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. Going back years. And so you kind of play, oh, look at, anyway. Um, so you st- I think you started doing it from a personal thing, but then you, re- we quickly realized in the early years, the power of social media for your, for your online business, right? And so we set up, um, we started in Facebook for Jersey Beauty Company. Uh, and we we quickly sort of amassed an audience. Um, and we actually, when we started on, on Facebook, Facebook pages didn't exist. So we actually created a personal profile called 
Jersey. <laughs> that was their name, Jersey Beauty. And I think they're still on there. I don't know if Facebook ever deleted them. And then we had a heck of a time migrating everybody from that personal profile to the page profile when they came out. Um, and, you know, this was back in the glory days where you'd put something on you. Do you remember this? Where you'd actually write something on Facebook. Everybody who liked you would see it rather yes. than just like, you know, less than 1% or whatever it is now. Um and so I remember the, when they changed that and everyone kicking off. And so, yeah, we that's kind of how we got started, just playing. I've always found social to be one of those places where I play. And I know it's important, but I struggle to justify it, which I will hold my hands up and say is partly because I am a direct marketer at my core. Yeah, I like the ones, I like the zeros, I like the segmentation. I like to send out a DM piece, see the money come back in, send out an email, see the money come back in, tailor the message, understand the audience and all the rest of it. And you know, social is just that little bit more ethereal, I suppose. Yeah. It's a bit more touchy feely kind of thing, isn't it? And I think also you're old school as well. You're a bit, we were saying just before we hit the record button, we've both been around e-commerce for almost 20 years and we're not quite willing to go to 20 years because it's an age thing. Um, but back then there was no social media and we were direct marketers. That's what we did. A lot of people that went into e-commerce had a background in direct marketing. You did, I did. This is what we did, right? This is how we know. And so social media just, I thought, was very different to direct marketing. Do you know what I mean? It, it just had a different feel to it. So I get your point. Like Q, I, email is easy. I sent out a thousand, three and a half thousand people, click through to that. That resulted in two sales or whatever the numbers are. You can track it through, can't you? Much easier. I do wonder if that's why um, so many e-commerce businesses find influencer activity easier than their own social because influencer is a bit like I'm going to send some direct mail out via this influencer and we'll see what we get back because you can kind of track it and you can you can see the return on investment very very clearly with those things yeah you can and that that just fits with the skill set of most e-commerce marketers whereas the the more content based is is you know it, it's fundamentally a different personality type who is better at that more soft touch marketing yeah, it is. And I think, um, I do think it's an age thing as well. Uh, if I'm honest with you, I think because we didn't grow with social media, I think, our, you know, our, our understanding is slightly different. Whereas I guess if I go to, if I think for Jersey, you know, if we're going to do, do I go to an influence and ask them to do some stuff for me? It's a bit like um, choosing a different magazine to put my full page ad in. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. this one's got more readership. This one's going to connect better with an audience. Okay, I'm going to put this ad in with this phone number and I'm going to track results. Okay, that one worked quite well. And so it, it's a similar sort of thing. It's choosing where to put your ad spend, isn't it? And influencers have become a big thing over recent years because I think a lot of people go, I just can't be bothered with social. I don't get it. They've got it. I'd rather pay them their money because that'll bring me some results. It's instant, quick. Well, it's that, that whole question about... Um media platforms at the moment. And it's something which in the, the big commerce, make it big virtual um, summit, which happened a couple of weeks ago, as you guys are listening to this, uh, Ryan Dice was on there from Digital Marketer, definitely digital marketing e-commerce god. And he was making the point that in the world of you, I'm giggling now because Matt's laughing at me for saying that. Anyway, I, I'm sure Ryan's appreciating that comment. I, I just, I think that needs to be his job title, <laughs> e-commerce marketing god. I think. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's 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 let Ryan have his title. Um, but he was making a really interesting point, which is 
e-commerce businesses, if they want to survive and thrive, they need to think like media businesses. They need to focus on content. They need to build that that connection with the customer. And he was even taking it as far as maybe you should buy a media outlet. You buy an influencer, buy a a blog, buy a platform and bolt that into your e-commerce business. And I think that, that for me in the world of social is... Should I be spending a lot of time and money creating content to put out to my thousand followers, to my 2000 followers? Or should I put that same amount of effort, be it money, be it time, into getting the same message, a message about my business, a message to buy in front of someone who has 10,000 of my target audience? Mm -hmm. It's kind of, should we we be worrying about our own platforms or should we be going and utilizing one that someone else has put the blood, sweat and tears into building? I think it's a really great question. Um, and I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to that question. I would, it's a bit like um, somebody coming to me and saying, should I sell on Amazon? Mm. Um, should I make use of their platform? They've got all their customers. They've got all the traffic. And I pay them a commission to sell my products to their audience, right? They're Amazon's customers. They're not yours. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the crux of the issue. Can you cope with the fact that if you sell on Amazon, they're not your customers? So whenever someone buys that product, they are not your customer, right? They are Amazon's customers. You don't know who they are. You don't know anything about them. They may get in touch with you if there's a problem at some point, but fundamentally, you're not going to hear from them. You can't build a tribe with them. So the only downside to this is if Amazon decide for whatever reason, they don't like you, don't want to do business with you anymore, your whole business has gone down the toilet, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a bit, it's similar with influencers. And I think if you can find an influencer that's, how do I put this diplomatically? Let's say stable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we'll take stable. That, you know, to stay, do you know what I mean? Then, then possibly, yes, I think that's a good, it, it's definitely worth thinking about. But if, for me, I, I don't know, I just feel a bit twitchy putting all my eggs in one basket, which is an influencer, which would then bring me back to Ryan's idea. Well, do I just buy that? I, I, I appreciate that sounds quite callous, but do I buy their business? Do I buy them? Do I buy their social media platform? Do I integrate them in what they're doing and tie them into it, make them a part owner in it somehow? That would be a bit more interesting. I think it speaks to two, two I think, very simple principles about approaching influencer marketing, which is number one, you need to go into it for a long-term relationship with people. And then I think you're going you're gonna to reap much greater rewards. And secondly, you use the phrase, don't put your eggs in one basket. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you've got, I know, a thousand pounds to spend on your first influencer campaign, don't give a thousand pounds to one person, give a hundred quid to 10 people and, you know, do that testing piece, lower your risk because, you know, that's, there's huge opportunities out there for doing that. But I want to, I'm going to steer us a little bit away from influencers because what, what I really wanted to, to get us trying to work out is what approach people should take to their own social media platforms. Now, we have already mentioned um, Facebook profiles, Facebook pages. The first thing you should definitely do, everyone out there, is have a profile, uh, a page. Do not have a profile for your business. Facebook doesn't like that. They will get very angry with you and may kick you off. So anyone out there who's currently got a person named their company, stop it right now and turn it into a page. Yeah, we had to stop that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, many. I have been caught out by that. I had two personal profiles for a while. Facebook killed the one I used and I had to start all the e-commerce master plan stuff from scratch. Wow, um, fun and games. So, yeah, they, they handily did it a week and a half be- before a massive launch. 
bless them. Can't remember, it was a virtual summit or something. I was like, oh, and all the ad data went and everything went. So behave in the way Facebook wants you to behave. But rule number one. Yeah. Rule, rule number one, don't break the rules because there's no comeback. You can't argue with them um, at all. They own it. Um, yeah. Where should we be posting? What should we be saying as ourselves? Oh, gosh. There's a bit of a loaded question right there. Yeah, big question. Um, I always say the same thing to people when they ask me this question. Where do I begin? Where do I start with social media? For me, the answer is uh, it's simple. You start wherever your customers are, right? Um, and this is this may sound very simple, but for a lot of people, it's like I've got to do Instagram. I've got to do Facebook. I've got to do Twitter. I've got to do Snapchat. Now I've got to do TikTok. And I'm like, why? Because there's no way your customers are on all of those platforms. Do you know what I mean? They just, they're just not. And so if you've got a young audience saying, yeah, do Snapchat. If you've got a not so young audience, but, you know, young professionals, well, then do Instagram. And if you've got, you know, a slightly older audience like I have, well, you're going to do Facebook. Because, I mean, it, you know, you're breaking your demographics down. What's their primary social media? And the reason I tell people to do this is, you are just going to tire yourself out, right? You are going to wear yourself to the bone trying to do all of those social media platforms, which means you will be doing none of them well. Yeah, because each of them are a slightly different strategy and each of them require focus. They require responding to people. They require creating the right content, the right words, the right hashtag strategy, the right emoji strategy. There's so much to learn let alone put in place. You're totally right. And you've got to think that through. I think, for example, one of the easiest things to do, and I still do it occasionally, not necessarily for the businesses, but certainly on my personal stuff. Like if I put something on Instagram, I just use that slider, which says post to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's easy. Just, just, just do that. And there's another one which says post to Twitter. And you're like, oh, I could. Yeah. and it's like, no, 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 let's not do, let's not do that. Right. Because you, you have got to approach whatever social media channel you're on. Um, well, and you, I, I think I would rather do one thing really well than five things mediocre. I think you'll get a much better return if you do one thing well than five things mediocre. Uh, not least because social takes a huge amount of time organically. It might be free, but the time to create the graphics, to write the copy, to post, to respond, it's a huge investment. And it probably doesn't make financial sense to invest in five channels every month because you're probably not getting the sales back. No, not at all. And I think it's, um, it's an, I totally agree. Just s- stick with where your customers are and start off with one and do that really, really well um, and become a master at it. And I think that would probably be, a, 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 I don't even know if that would be my starting strategy. That would be my phase two, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what's phase one then? I think first you have to define what social media is. Mm-hmm. Um, so is is blogging social media? Is YouTube social media? Or do you just, you know, a lot of people now, so you mentioned social media, the first thing they think about is Facebook or Twitter or maybe not even Twitter much these days, but Instagram, do you know what I mean, or Snapchat. And actually how broad of a definition are we using? Um, because you need to understand what the different platforms are first. And I think fundamentally, I would, again, maybe I'm just a bit old school, I don't know. I would see blogging as um, a form of social media. And I would see YouTube probably as a form of social media, even though it's also a search engine. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, how do you define it? And so for me, I would predominantly focus on that first, 
Do you know what I mean? Regardless of whether I do Facebook and all that sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. I would focus on the blog, the content, the, um, the YouTube channel. For me, they would be definitely the first places that I would start 90% of the time. I said not least because, um, one, you've got to have some content to talk about on social because just talking about your products is dull. Everybody, if you're just posting pictures <laughs> yeah, of your you're products. Not, you're not, not going to build boring. a tribe talking about your products, are you, really? No, Let's face not, it. Not unless you're incredibly lucky. Um, so you've got to have some content to talk about anyway. And social media is such so short form, generally, that it's quite hard in that short form space to build an emotional connection, deal with um, you know people's barriers to purchase, deal with the you know, find out what their problem is, solve their problem, and then convince them to buy. Oh. It's a lot easier to do that in a you know in a five minute video, um, in a you know a, a thousand word blog post. A lot easier to do that. And at that point, certainly with the blog post side of things, they're on your website at that point, so you're able to put other messages around it, and you have more control. So yes, I I, I get where you're coming from. You have, and then uh, I mean, there's all kinds of pros to this and advantages. So if you take my, um, so I have a Facebook, my, my own business Facebook for my coaching consulting masterclass, as you mentioned earlier, right? There are, I don't know, maybe eight or 9,000 people following me on Facebook at the moment. Um, I think there's maybe 15, 16,000 people on Instagram and probably another 17 or 18,000 people on Twitter, right? I don't know. I can't remember what the exact numbers are, but all told, let's say it's about 40, 45,000 followers I've got through those three key social media platforms. On YouTube, I have less than a thousand subscribers, right? My YouTube channel is rubbish. I just want to point, I'm telling everybody else to do good YouTube. <laughs> I, uh, my personal YouTube channel is a bit rubbish. It's getting overhauled at the moment. Uh, and this is why it's all top of mind. This is all what I'm dealing with right now. Okay. So this is, this is, this is the inside line. So I have like 900 odd subscribers on YouTube. Okay. Now here's the interesting thing about YouTube. I did a video on there. I did three videos about a bike, an electric bike called Ampler, right? So I own one of their electric bikes. Um, and I did a, like a, a review and then they're like, we're like review. Can we send you some more bikes? I'm like, sure. And I reviewed these electric bikes, right? Cause I just, I like electric bikes. Just me. It's weird. Okay. I get it. So I did this, uh, this three video series, right? Now I put out on social media, um, love Ampler bikes, think they're great, so on and so forth. Technically, 45,000 people follow me. Um, and I can measure the impact of putting that out on social media, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing about those social channels are, I think I get the instant hit today because I put it out now, people see it now, and it's either going to work or it isn't. And you get that instant feedback. That is a great thing about it. But if I upload the video to YouTube today, I might get four people watch it. It's not got the same comparison. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. But here I am, what, a year or two later after posting those three videos, those three videos have had a combined viewing of 75,000 views, right? Wow. And not only that, if you measure the impact of those videos in terms of engagement and conversation and purchases and all that sort of stuff, which pulled more, social media or YouTube? YouTube, right? It's just, and I appreciate YouTube is social media, but I'm just, I'm just emphasizing this point here that YouTube for me, blogging for me, it's, it's much more long-term strategy. You don't see the results today, but I know in six to 12 months time, if that video resonates, I am going to absolutely clean up. And so I would still say, even though I have 
only 900 subscribers on my not so great YouTube channel, the leads I get for my business are far greater through YouTube than the 45,000 followers on social. Yeah, it, it's that that transient nature of social media. I personally find quite jarring. You know, it's like we for every podcast we put out, we create an audiogram, both on e-commerce master plan and on keep optimizing. So someone has to create the graphic, someone has to then create the the um the the actual audiogram. Then someone has to write the write the copy to go with the audiogram. Someone then has to schedule that across the different social media channels. So I don't know. I'm 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 money into this by the time, you know, I must be like 40, 50 quid into each audiogram by the time it actually hits. And it's gone in a matter of hours. It's it's gone. Yeah. If, if it's that long, right? I mean, it's 24 hours, I think, on Instagram. It's a few hours on Facebook and it's seconds on Twitter. Yeah. It's like it just blows in the wind and it's gone. Now, I know they're worth doing, um, not least because the guests really love them. So it's a way of encouraging the guests to promote it, which is, you know, key strategy uh, in podcast marketing. But but it's kind of galling. And that's where I think those social medias actually really do well so facebook where it does super well is the fact that you can share that out in a in a Mm. click with your friends yeah if you can get the the interaction happening then it it's it is super powerful but it is it is kind of it's like that galling thing of it it's the transient nature of it and you've got to create good content to get it shared but at the same time putting all that much effort into that one thing when you could put it into a five-minute YouTube video, or you could put it into creating a blog, yeah. or you could put in something which is an asset, which brings benefits for your business in the future, and which gives you something to talk about on social media in the future as well. It's a tricky angle, um, it's tricky tricky decisions on where to start and what to do. So I guess to to flip it a little bit, let's, let's kind of jump from state phase one of working out what social we should be on. Um, kind of to phase two, where we're doing some posting, to phase three, how do we know if it's worth it or not? Because I think a lot of us, uh, me included in some areas, specifically my Instagram accounts, um, we do it because <laughs> we think we should. And we wrap it up and justify it to ourselves as it's a test. Um, but we have to keep an eye on the data in order to work out, should we be doing this or not? So how long, Matt, should we wait? How should we look at it? How is it the stats on the social platform? Is it the stats in analytics? Uh, how do we work out whether the social we're doing is worth it or not? It's a really good question. For me, um, the purpose of social is to build a tribe, right? That's what you're wanting. And a tribe is someone who's engaging, right? So the things that I'm always looking at are the amount of engagements I've had on social media and the amount of shares. For me, they're the two key things because that's what I want to use social for is I want to use it as a mechanism to connect with my tribe and to help my tribe share out to their tribes. Um, you know, this is, is Seth Godin did tribes, but you know what I mean this mm-hmm. word tribe where you, where, he, where you share it out to your community, where you share it out to your tribe. And I think for me, they're the two key things. You can measure return on investments and stuff like that, but it's kind of like, well, how do I know? And I think that's easy to do with paid ads, right? Facebook make it really easy to monitor how well your ads are doing because they want you to come back and spend more money on their ads. Mm-hmm. But it's not so easy with organic, is it? And it's not as straightforward. And you you might do something on social, which has got four sales, but that's kind of like, if I do organic social, I'm always 
thinking, how do I connect with my tribe? And so sales aren't really why I'm doing that. I'm doing it to build the longevity with that client. I'm building to add value to that client. I'm built. So I want to know engagement and I want to know um, shares, my two key things on social. I'm going to add a third in. Tell me what you think about this. I, I think that with organic social, trying to tie it back to money when we get to the wonderful world of Google Analytics is a silly thing to do. Because like you say, it, we're, we're trying to create the engagement. We're trying to build that relationship rather than necessarily drive the sales. But to track that traffic against email signups is a useful thing to do because you can see if people are getting getting engaged. So I think if you're going to analyze the traffic once it gets to Google Analytics, look at dwell time, look at bounce rates, and look at email signups as a goal so you can see is this traffic doing anything when it gets to the website? And that's something I, I find to be quite a key number to look at rather than the actual financials. Yeah, that's a really good point. I like that um, because if your email signups are going well, you're building your tribe, right? This is fundamentally what you want to do. You're you're building your tribe. And I think, yeah, I, I like that. I like that idea. You know, we, we always have as our secondary goal for our e-commerce website is email signups. Our primary goal is product sales. Our secondary goal is email signups. And so um, one is selling products and the other one is actually, you know, getting people to warm up to you to become part of your community, your tribe. So hopefully they do buy your products and do share you out there. Um, And I think, yeah, if you can, if you can, I think, I don't know, Chloe, have you found this? It's easier to get people to sign up to your email list than it is to get them to share your post on social media. Oh, I've never looked at the numbers from that angle, but yes, I would say, um, yeah, because it, it's not difficult to tweak and optimize a an email sign up to get I don't know four, five, six percent of site visitors to sign up. Plus, it's an asset in itself when we're talking about assets and transient things earlier. So yeah, it's it's not difficult to get people to sign up to your email, but to get. Yeah, the number of times I create a post I think is awesome. Or even see a retailer who's done a post that I think is awesome and it's like tumbleweed, you know, no one is interacting with it at all. Yeah. And it's not because you don't like it. Actually, you you become more resistant to hit that like button and certainly more resistant to hit that share button. It's a phenomenon that I'm seeing more and more where social media is concerned is the inability to share so much. So you can't really do it that easily on Instagram. And I, I think... It's fascinating, isn't it, how when they change the social media platforms, behaviours change. And uh, I've, it's uh, it just intrigues me that less and less people are sharing it. Yeah, and it, it's, um, it's, it's fascinating to see how, the, how as things evolve, you know, we have like Snapchat, which has messages which truly are transient. You know, it's like, yeah, you can go back, you can see a tweet that you sent five years ago, but no one else cares. Yeah. Um, whereas Snapchat is almost more honest with just the disappearing messages. Um, so we've kind of skirted around what people should actually share. Um, if someone's doing their first month on a social media channel, what sort of messages, as a, as a quick uh, question before we get into the uh, the insider tips round. What sort of content should they put out there in their first few weeks live? I think you've got to put out content that does two things. Um, it's got to help your customers, help your audience or your potential tribe. You've got to build their confidence. You've got to build their trust. You know, that's number one. Number two, I think you have to tell them who you are, right? And I think going forward, this is 
um, I, I, I like this phrase, digital Davids. I use this phrase a lot. You know, there's a lot of people who are digital Davids, which is, uh, you're familiar with the story, David and Goliath, right? The young boy takes on the big giant and how does he win? Mm-hmm. Well, in effect, if you own an e-commerce business, you are a digital David because we have Amazon, right? Yep. We have these Goliaths in front of us and how do we, how do we actually conquer? How do we do that? Well, the one thing, um, that Amazon can't do, but you can do really well is you, right? They don't have your personality. They don't have your values. They don't have your drive. Um, they don't have your ability to connect with people. They do what they do. You do what you do, right? And so I think more and more e-commerce is got to build into it the personality of the people that run those businesses, right? You can't out, I mean, you could outsource that, I suppose, if you wanted to, to an influencer. But fundamentally, I think most e-commerce businesses need a face. And social media for me would be a place to do that. So I would be doing Facebook Lives. I'd be doing little videos or whatever platform you're on. Just, hey, you know, I've just been thinking about this, right? Which is related to your product, related to a problem. But it's actually you walking through a park with your dog or whatever it is to give them some insight into you, but how you share a problem. And I think you fundamentally want people to like you as a person, and it's, it's not about product promotion. It's not about the latest sale. It's just about your story and about how you want to change the world. And it's about how you're, the person watching it, you know, how you're going to help them and how you're, you're just actually lovely. And they go, no, that's cool. I like you. And I'm just going to click that, you know, you're honest, you're authentic, you're transparent. And I think, I think people love it. I don't know if that's the right answer. No, well, I, I think it's a good answer because I, I think, I think we're in the world of emotion and stories and where people want to feel that human connection. I think it was true pre-pandemic. I think it's even more true now is that we want a connection. We want to believe in wherever we're buying from and whoever we're buying from. And I think if if you're just putting up pictures of your products and flat graphics advertising your latest, I'm pausing, thinking I only put up flat graphics about my podcast maybe I should do more me um uh, but, but you know if you're you know just saying here's a product our latest range is now online if you're doing those messages which works great via email you are you are missing a trick if you're not taking a you know a video camera round the round the warehouse meeting some of the pickers and packers yeah. going through the marketing department you know even if you're going I don't want to record my my dog walk and inside I'm screaming with horror at that idea um I'm with you. But you know, you can go, hey, today we're just going to go and chat to reception. Hello, reception. And you know, you do that kind of stuff to just show that human humanity is so powerful. But I wanted to um I wanted to play our sponsors jingle and uh, and then I wanted to get into the insider tips. So um so Matt, we're gonna pause now for a reminder of our sponsors and then we're gonna talk about the wider world of organic social media. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact list, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster and it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Matt, so far we've gone deep into what is the point of social. 
Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of social media. Not that we haven't covered that already so far. <laughs> um, so for the following questions, anything to do with social media goes. So you ready for these? Sure. Okay, let's start with social media newbie advice. We've in, if we have inspired someone to take their first step with organic social media, not quite sure how we'd have managed that today, but anyway. Um, yeah, please don't be put off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think uh, for me, social media needs consistency more than anything, whether it's YouTube, blogging, Facebook, Instagram, you pick one platform and you get good at it, but you get consistent and you get consistent really quickly. Um, it doesn't work where you where you, you kind of do it in fits and starts and you're sporadic and you're here and there. I think you do it consistently. You know, if you, don't try and do it every day because that's just nuts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but pick a, a routine or a schedule that works for you and get stuff out there on a consistent basis. And if you can do that, I think you'll win, especially if whatever you're doing incorporates video. I think video works every time, um, especially like as we said, you know, if you're involved in the video, um, they're getting your personality. Um, I mean, the one of the most viral videos we ever did on social media was a guy in the warehouse with my track saw, which is a, a rip saw, a cut saw, do you know what I mean? One of those mm-hmm. um, power tools, um, cutting up a, um, a pallet and turning it into a Christmas tree. That was popular. Okay. And that, and we just did that with a smartphone in the warehouse. That's how easy that was, right? Everything's in your pocket these days. So be consistent, add a little bit of video if you can. Excellent. So once people have got started, of course, they've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve organic social media performance? I think you've got to respond to the comments, right? You've got to learn from the comments that people are giving you on social media. So if they're not commenting, if they're not sharing, well, there's something not quite right. And so for me, it, it comes down to client feedback. Listen to the customer. What are they saying? Uh, and just make pivots and changes accordingly. Because like you said earlier, something you do, you think absolutely totally rocks, <laughs> totally dives. And you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> All that effort. <laughs> All that effort. But my experience is clients will pretty much guide you to what's working for them. Okay. Um, it's impossible to improve our marketing unless we're monitoring the performance, but the list of stuff we could monitor can be overwhelming. So what for you is the number one organic social media KPI? Uh, engagement. You had to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, totally. Um, because I, I understand the purpose for me, you know, we're really clear why we're doing social media. What's the purpose of it? It's not to drive sales. It's to build engagement, which ultimately will lead to sales, obviously. Um, and so I'm, I'm super keen on measuring engagement. Cool. Okay. Finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in organic social media? Oh man, that's a hard one because COVID is changing everything, right? And so I think for me, it kind of stems back to what we, a little bit of what we said earlier. It comes down to connection because the world is getting so isolated at the moment with, you know, local lockdown measures, uh, national lockdown measures. It, it's, it's hard, isn't it? And so what people need more than anything during this time, I think, is connection with other people. So I think that is going to become the big driving force is how well you connect with people through digital so that's not about promoting products it's not about a picture of somebody you don't it's 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 not a a stock photo is what i'm saying it's it's connection it's engagement and that for me is the 
the drive. How well can you connect with people through social media? That will be what I think wins 2021. Excellent. Matt, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Uh, sure. I just head on over to the website, mattedmondson.com. Everything's there. You can find all the social links and all that sort of stuff. Go and, go and check out his terrible YouTube page. <laughs> yeah, 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 have a look. Just, I know it's terrible. It's getting better. We've got some good plans coming in 2021. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Mine, mine's, mine is not as bad as it was a couple of months ago. When I set up this podcast, I had to uh, to redo the automated feed that turns the podcast into a video and then puts it on YouTube. And so I actually had to look at my YouTube page the first time and I was horrified by what I still had on there. <laughs> so it was kind of like, like a hasty half hour tidy up. But yeah, I, I shouldn't criticise anyone's YouTube because mine's appalling. Well, we're podcasters, right? This is We do audio. There's a reason we do audio. Yeah, there's a, re- there's a reason audio is good. Audio is easy. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and Apple lets you do so little, you don't have to worry about what your page looks like. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dig on Apple there. Dig on Apple, that's fine. No, no, I like I like, I like, like Apple Podcasts. I'm a big fan of Apple Podcasts. I like the simplicity of it, but I also like the fact I can't do anything, so I can't, um, I can't worry about that because it's out of my control. That's true, that's true. Which is always a nice thing. Um, okay, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, as it always is. And hopefully some of what we said will have been useful to all you guys out there listening. So, um, so thank you, Matt. No problem. Thanks, Chloe. Well, it's always great to catch up with Matt. And I hope that you guys have got some, some insight there into how your own social media fits within your business, within your marketing plans. Um, and maybe some insight as well into how kind of content plays with social. Lots of ideas. There not a lot of a lot of um, clear guidance. Well, actually, no, there was quite a lot of clear guidance, wasn't there? We got into to how to analyze it. We got into what sort of things to post. Got into various phases of working and all that. So I hope that's been been good for you. I think that's been a great start to our month on social media. Now you can get links to everything we discussed today and the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. Remember that's with an S not a Z. As part of my mission to help you improve your social media marketing, I've invited our organic social media specialists to join us for a Q&A webinar at the end of the month. That's your chance to get your questions answered. So get yourself registered for that at keepoptimizing.com where you'll find all the details when it's happening, where, et cetera, et cetera. And thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, then make sure you check out the next two we put live, because in those, we're going to be talking about other people posting your social for you. So we're going to be talking about both um, influencers and how to run that type of campaign, what's hot right now in the influencer space. And we're going to talk about how to get your customers talking about you on social media too. Plus, coming up in December, we're going to be getting into content marketing, which we touched on today as well. So make sure you you stay subscribed because uh, we'll be talking about that in December. Please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their marketing. Now, have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.